0: Peace on earth. This is the time of year that we talk so much about peace on earth. We can't escape it. We go into a store, we hear songs. So many of the songs quote this particular language, the language we heard in our reading tonight, the, the language that the angels sang about peace on earth. And I don't know, maybe some of you feel that way. Maybe some of you just kind of glided in here. You just, just kind of, just, just, uh, just were transported in, sailing on a, uh, on a sea of positive emotions and calm and peace, and maybe that's you. And if it is you, then you can tune out the rest of my message because I don't have anything to tell you. In fact, maybe you've got something you could tell me because I think a lot of us, certainly I, have felt frazzled for most of this month. I think for a lot of people, December was a frazzling month. I mean, it began with the earthquake and the earthquake, uh, with the the cleanup, and I know some people had more to clean up, and some people had less. But you know, if you didn't have the earthquake to deal with, then then maybe you were one of the lucky people who got to have uh, a week of babysitting your kids uh, because the schools were closed. It's been a, a busy month, and then on top of that, we had the aftershocks. Um, and for a lot of people, it's just been it's just been running all month long to get everything done. You know, the the, the shopping, the decorating, uh, cooking. Uh, Christmas cards. You know the special events that we go to, the Christmas pageant at school, or things like that. Entertaining our family and friends, cleaning the house, and then entertaining people at our own house. Um, and and we've had, we've been dealing with all those things, and so we just kind of feel frazzled. For other people, it's not so much frazzled as just kind of just not really. Feeling the Christmas spirit. I mean, it's not that we're the Grinch. We're not, we don't dislike Christmas. It's just that it's so hard to get into the Christmas spirit because, because every Christmas reminds us of the first Christmas after the divorce. Every Christmas reminds us of that loved one who has died and Christmas reminds us so much of them. Maybe Christmas reminds us of that miserable December when we practically lived in the hospital. Maybe it reminds us of the year when money was so tight and the only ones who got gifts were the kids and, and it, even they only got one apiece. And it was just, just not a memory we like to go back to. And it comes back despite that every Christmas. Maybe for some people... These things aren't memories. This this is present reality. This is the year that finances are difficult. Or or this is the year that your health just went south on you. This is the year that a loved one passed away. This is the year that that relationship that you had hoped so much for broke up. So maybe for you you're frazzled or maybe you just aren't feeling the Christmas spirit. And then we read this passage about shepherding and peace on earth. And maybe, maybe for shepherds it is easy. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about shepherding, but it seems like it would be, it would be easy. It would be kind of a relaxing time off. There wouldn't be a a busy calendar. There wouldn't be so much to do. Uh, It just seems like shepherding would be peaceful and calm, you know. you know, I, I understand, you know, they're there for a reason. I suppose once in a while there'd be something you had to deal with. There'd be a little bit of excitement. Maybe there'd be a, um, uh, predator would come and try and snatch away a, a, a sheep or, or maybe a sheep rustlers or whatever, whatever they've got in the way of, you know, I don't know, rustling, whatever the word is. Somebody tries to steal the sheep. Maybe, maybe, it's not that it's just the sheep are, are really not the brightest animals and they get into trouble on their own and you've got to go pull them out of whatever they, they got into. So so you know, there's some there's some things to do, but but it just seems like it would be pretty pretty calm, easy work, something kind of basically dull, kind of like watching grass grow. And maybe it was. Maybe maybe being a shepherd really was uh relaxing work, except this night, an angel shows up, and we read, the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. Now, I don't know about you, maybe that's hard to imagine. It is, it is hard for me to imagine what that would look like. I mean, I suppose one of the things we think about is that it's a, it would be kind of like the northern lights, right? We've seen the northern lights, and, and we think, well, okay, it would be some, some nice pretty lights up in the sky, and, and so, it would be something like that. So, okay, well, you know, the glory of the Lord—that's that's kind of some celestial light show. But, but that's not what glory means. And, and the problem is, glory is a church word. We don't really know what glory means. It's it's some word that that uh, we normally only use glory as part of the word glorious. That if you've got a lot of glory, whatever that is, then something is glorious. So we can kind of work backwards and maybe get some idea, but we really don't know what glory means. But the best way to understand glory is to understand a different word. And unfortunately, it's a church word too. It's the word holy. And, and we don't know what holy means. I mean, we at least have an idea what holy means. We know that holy has something to do with, with better than because people say, you know, you're being holier than now. You're, you're acting better than me. You're, you're trying to, to set yourself up as being something special. And, and holy does include that, but it's much more. Holy means to be, to be way beyond anything uh, that's that's normal. It means to be utterly different. It means to be completely separate from the everyday world. That, that holy is to be utterly and radically different. Nothing at all normal. And glory is when that holiness, when holiness shows up in that regular life. Holiness is not something we encounter. And when we do, that is the glory of the Lord. When holiness appears and gets in your gets in your face, so I I was trying to think of what's a, what's a what's an example of this? What's an example we understand from ordinary life? And this is the best example I could think of. You know, you you think about a cop car, right? A cop car is kind of a holy car. We all know about cars. We know what cars are like. Um, we we drive cars a lot of us. We understand we understand cars, but a cop car is is a different kind of car. It's a utterly different from from ordinary cars because, you know, it's got the paint job. It's got the little writing on the side. You know, it's got that. It's got the light bar on top. We understand that, but that's not the only differences. I mean, it's got a different power plant. It's got a different suspension, shocks. It's got different brakes. Cop cars are different. They've got all kinds of fancy radios inside. You know, the driver's got the little spotlight on the side that he can point at things. They got that funky bumper up in the front that they can shove things around with. They got like a shotgun in the, in the trunk and you know fancy radios uh, cup cars are holy cars they're they're different from the ordinary type of car so that's what holy is and glory is when that holy car appears in your rearview mirror with the lights going on and off and he's telling you to pull over that's glory that's the emotion that glory generates. That's what the shepherds would have felt out on that hill that night when the glory of God surrounded them. Now, when people... See a cop in the rearview mirror. They generally respond in one of two ways. Maybe you've had this feeling. The first one is you just hope he didn't see whatever it was you just did. And you're thinking, well, you know, maybe I got the speed down under the limit before, before the radar kicked in or something like that. Maybe you're kind of thinking, you're thinking that hopefully he didn't see me. And that, that feeling is called guilt that when we when we experience that feeling of oh i hope he didn't catch me that feeling is guilt but there's another feeling that sometimes we feel is is we say i wish he would have picked on someone who is worse than me right why pick on me right i'm i'm sitting here in my car i'm waiting for him you know there he's back there in the car doing whatever it is for like 10 minutes you know, he's pulled me over and now we just are going to sit here on the side of the road forever while he does whatever he's doing back there. You know, he's finishing the chapter of his book or whatever it is. So he's, he's there and you have time to stew and you get more and more resentful. You start to feel very frustrated that he should be out doing something useful. He should be getting the bad guys instead of me because I'm just an honest citizen. How about, you know, if you do something about the crime wave in our city, you know, why don't you go catch real bad guys instead of honest citizens? and so uh, one of those two feelings is is very typical when you encounter the glory of the policeman there in your rearview mirror and my guess is the shepherds felt that way too that they they maybe they felt maybe they felt convicted maybe they were aware of some particular guilt that they had that they 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 knew they had done something wrong i don't know what like i said i think shepherding sounds like a pretty basic job but but you know not a lot of you know uh, Things to do wrong there, but maybe they felt guilty somehow. Um, uh, maybe what it was was they were resentful, but they felt guilty because you're not supposed to be resentful toward God or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but maybe they were resentful and that's uh, re- guilty, and that's why they were terrified that they felt like they'd been caught. But maybe they were resentful. Maybe their real feeling was, I feel resentful. Because they're thinking, why doesn't this angel go over one of the real problems on this planet? Why go after me? I'm an honest shepherd. I'm out here in the field. It's not great work, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it as good as I can. It's night. I'm doing my job. I don't know why the... Why the angel has to bother me. You know, if you want to do some real good in this world, why don't you why don't you take on one of the bad people? You know, like like Augustus, right? The, we began our, our lesson with Augustus, Caesar Augustus. You know how much trouble he causes every time he decides we need a census or or, or other things? You know how much money he takes out of our country? How about him, or maybe Quirinius or, or the whole corrupt establishment, the Roman army that's occupying our country? How about if you go after somebody who really deserves it? Maybe that's the way the shepherds felt. And honestly, I think we would too. And, and we, we would if, if the glory of the Lord appeared in our life as palpably as it did for them. If, if we felt about God's presence, God's, God's glory the way that we feel about a cop in the rearview mirror, we would probably feel One of those two ways. We would either feel guilty or we'd feel resentful. Maybe the, maybe what we'd feel is guilt, right? Maybe you'd be aware of something that you hoped he didn't see or maybe you had hoped that he would not see, but apparently he did. You're, you're aware of something. The reason that your marriage ended, you know, the business at the previous job, you know, they, they never, you know, Said anything and they didn't press charges, but you know, it was time to move on and so you did and you tried to put it behind you, but, but, you know, you don't feel good about it. Or, or maybe it's spring break in your junior year. Maybe it's, it's the history in your web browser. Maybe it's those things you pay cash for. Maybe it's the place in the garage where you hide the stuff. And if that angel appeared, you'd think, man, I am so busted. But some of us, we might feel the other way. We, we might feel resentful. We might say, why doesn't he do his real job instead of bothering me? You know, there's people who are causing real heartache in this world. Why doesn't he do something about them? I'm just trying to, to keep my life together. I'm just trying to keep everything working. Why doesn't he go after somebody who's causing the trouble? Why doesn't he go after the parent who abandoned his family? Why doesn't he go after the parent who abandoned their family? Why doesn't he go after the person who stole your childhood or stole your innocence? Why doesn't he go after the office politician? Why doesn't he go after the schoolyard bully? Except, you know, the schoolyard that they, that they bully people on is social media. Why doesn't he go after one of them or or some other person who has hurt us? Why me? Why not punish the people who've actually done something wrong? But what does the angel say? The angel says, don't be afraid. The angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The angel of the Lord, who, who gives us that glorious feeling, the, the tingly hair standing on end feeling, all by himself. He is suddenly joined by the armies of heaven, the vast horde of heaven. And you know what that's like. You know, if you're pulled over by a cop, that's a, that's an experience, right? But if one police car after another starts arriving, Right? Like you're like some drug lord or something. you you're some incredibly important criminal and they all want to get in on the action, right? And and so they're all circling your car and, and they're looking at you and and you know what 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 are they gonna say? They're gonna say they're gonna say, Step out of the car with your hands raised, right? But that's not what these angels do. They don't say step out of the car. They say, Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. This is not the way we would expect the script to go. It's it's as if the shepherds talked their way out of a ticket without saying a word, without even speaking. But but really it's it's better than that. It's like a cop who says, "Hey, I want to drive one of these things." See, that's what Christmas is all about. The reason for Christmas is that humanity is so alienated from God that if we experience God's glory, if somehow God comes to us, we can only feel guilt or resentment. And so because we were alienated, God became one of us, like a cop who said, I'm going to drive a regular car. Now, no, I know the comparison, the comparison, it breaks down and I pushed it too far, but I'm going to push it a little further because because you see the cop wants to drive your car and he knows that that if you're like me you don't trust anybody else with your car but Jesus came at christmas to drive one of our cars to become fully human to become a human being to drive our car he did that to demonstrate he understands us he understands why we do some of the things we do, that he understands the things that, that we feel like like we're just boxed in and we don't have any choice. He wants us to know he knows how hard it is to obey the speed limit. He knows how hard it is for us to navigate in white-out conditions. He knows what it's like to, to make almost no progress because the road is covered with black ice. He knows what it's like to run out of gas. He knows what it feels like when some idiot T-bones your life. He knows what it's like when you're driving down the road and the wheels come off. But ultimately, he wants to do more than just reassure us that he knows what we're dealing with. He wants us to understand so we can trust him. Because the car that Jesus wants to run is your car. The car that Jesus wants to drive is yours. And Jesus did this. Jesus became one of us. Jesus drove a car himself, so we would trust him to drive our car. We would trust him to tell me, to tell you, when we need to slow down. To tell us how we can find our way when, when we can't tell which way to go. Maybe just to have somebody there to talk to on a long trip. And maybe to let us put the seat back and relax a little bit and maybe take a nap. The reason Jesus came at Christmas was to drive a car. And the reason he drove a car was to show us that we can trust him to drive our car. God did not pull us over so he could give us a ticket. God's glory appeared to the shepherds to announce peace on earth, goodwill to humans.